catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Little call! What's up, everybody? We are Sunday night, John. This is like uh, it's when grinders grind, guy. <laughs> it's not Sunday night football. Sunday night, I guess. Sunday night football would be a little later. But post Warriors, Mavs, Game Three, Sunday night. I, I'd say Sunday night football. If, like the Niners just ended. Usually it's true. Eight fifteen, eight thirty. Yeah, right? I mean, I remember back uh, the Guy Haberman show, which uh, or, which was heard at. Uh, not the 14:30 ESPN Fresno or the 9:40 ESPN Fresno, but the uh, Bay Area radio station oh. show. How's that, that w- station still doing? Do you know? 95.7 The Game. That uh, some of you have he- heard of it. Uh, some it's of you have heard us there. <laughs> yeah, they're plugging. Oh yeah, John. Warriors number. They probably did a 30 with the Warriors game. Uh, you know? TV. TV. Oh, I saw the uh, game one did a 17 in the Bay Area. That's pretty good. I I caught uh, was that Friday night. I was listening, actually driving late to our guy John Dickinson and our guy Whitey Gleason. Flipped it on. Oh. <laughs> Those two. I almost I, I, John. I was this close to calling. I've called once. I have called the radio station once post radio career. <laughs> was it? But I have called thing? in. No, I called in to a Dickinson show one time with a fake name. Yeah, wasn't it pretending to something about like Greg Maddox or something. Uh, I think it was a bochi. I had a yeah. bochi take. Yeah. Not even a take, just a joke. Yeah. It was a bochi. And it, and I said, to, I don't know, just to, we like John, our buddy John Dickinson. And I was this close Friday too, Sacramento guy. Yeah, I mean, they're both fantastic people. We love them. And, uh, but the show was ending. It was like, all right, last call. We're going to go to, you know, Gary and Turlock or wherever Gary was. <laughs> and uh, Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I missed my shot, but. I will. I've done it before, and I will do it again. I've been known. I well, have been they, known. they got some more playoff game. We got NBA Finals right around right, the corner, guys. Maybe it'll happen. So but five wins away, baby. The reason I bring it up is because the guy Haberman show, which was seven to eleven p.m. Yes, yeah, when grinders work. When you started coming on with me post scouting career, I think one of the first times you came on with me in studio was after Thursday night football. And as someone who used to do a night show, you what you want ideally is for Thursday night football to go as long as possible. And when I see 845, that's about the time that you start like, better get this rundown together. We'll be on the air at, you know, Westwood one postgame show ends at, you know, going to end at like 910. We got 28 minutes from from the final buzzer or whatever. So you just gave me a little uh, flashback anxiety right there. We started talking about this is about the time. I was unemployed, so time was I come in whenever. <laughs> like, you want to come in at midnight? Yeah, see you there. I don't got a shit else to do. Uh, that was a good time where the seeds were sown. My iPad. I had to buy my own iPad. Actually, oh yeah, the Eagles asked for all your stuff back, huh? Yeah, I was like, I don't get to keep my iPad. <laughs> Howie, I got some pictures on there. Yeah, Could you, you send them back? Things? These things are fucking nine hundred dollars. Think I'm gonna buy one of these on my own? There's a few. Fo- there's a folder on the desktop of the Dell computer I sent back to you guys. If you could not open it, but just maybe send me the files, that'd be great. You never know, man. You never know. Save those files on backup drives, people. Save those files. So, uh, yeah, Sunday night, we're reacting to the Warrior game, BS about a couple things, and then what you'll hear is our uh, ham mailbag, which is coming up as well. A little later in the podcast, you can uh, so, uh, you can, uh, you know, submit a mailbag question by going to Apple uh, podcast, ask us a question, five stars. And, um, you know, we'll get some, got some con- content. I can't talk coming up this week, a couple of, uh, ginger beer and, uh, mezcals tonight, John, but we got some content coming up this week. Uh, Niners, uh, OTAs, Trey Lance will be on the field on the field. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance. Let's watch him cook, guy. Let's watch yeah, them let's cook. Go. 
Debo so, Samuel, what are the chances that he'll catch the uh, the red eye tonight to make it to day one tomorrow? You think he? You think we see him there? Or he I think he came way? in today. You know, make sure don't want to mess with any flight delays. No, no, no guy. He he was he, he's at the Mavericks game. Well, I'd be, I'm sure he's you know him and Javale will then hop on a PJ back. Javale was there. And uh, I mean, you don't expect to see Debo Samuel around this week, do you? No, I don't. Was he wearing a Mavs jersey? That would have been a good move. Like uh, Pat Mahomes wearing a Mavs jersey. What do you think Lakeup and Pat Mahomes were talking about? Do you think by the end, like Patrick's like, bro, I'm good, man. I'm just trying to. <laughs> like, it was like, you know, I almost bought the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. You know, Patrick, guys like me and you, you know, Patrick, guys <laughs> like me and you are at the top of our field. I- it's unfair to opponents. It's hard for us, man. We We can relate. Do you think they're talking about pickup? I mean, Lakeup is a. Do you ever go to Jimmy V's? The little. Um, you probably went there when you were scouting. The little diner at, at, at the Stanford, like in the Stanford yeah, football yeah, building. Yeah, yeah I talked There's to a, uh, their psych psychological coach that was like, uh, you know, worked with a lot of like their uh, soccer. You know, the people that went to the Olympics. You know, oh, the football team. Too. Oh, just, like their mental performance. Yeah, you just run into like the elite of the elite. They're sitting eating a sandwich. Yeah. You're like, hey, what yeah. do you do? And they're like. Yeah, you know, I worked with Michael Phelps yesterday, and uh, tomorrow, Tiger, I got a meeting with him, and Shaw brought me in for next week, you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, and- yeah, I'm just John Middlecoff. I make $47,000. Uh, I like your D-tackle in the fifth. <laughs> uh, but they, they have a lake of smoothie there on the menu. I don't think that I think was there when I was there. Groups. Oh. Because that's where it probably was. Court, right? He, hadn't, he had just he bought hadn't, the team. Yeah. yeah, he had just bought the team, probably. Uh, maybe, they, but they were, maybe they're talking about basketball. You, speaking of running into people, I you uh, did you finally uh, make connection with Kevon Looney's dad? I did. I uh, I was on a walk. You were wondering. You saw him. You told the story in the last podcast. You I, saw I, him. I, guy, I've been seeing him for a year, and I just knew it. And my my cousin Kenny came into town, and we were going for a walk. And I see him coming around the corner. I'm like, I'm gonna say something. And he's got his Bose headphones, you know, Beats, you know, the big ones. And he, that's usually what he wears. And he doesn't break stride. I mean, he's moving. And I just kind of stop him. I just say, hey, hey. And he kind of stops, takes it off. I just said, are, are you related to, to Looney by chance? And he looks at me, he smiles. He goes, I'm his father. And I said, I knew it. I knew it. And I just, he, he was still kind of moving. You know, it's like, I didn't want to, he didn't really want to break stride. But yeah, he was yeah. being very cordial. And I said, I just want you to know, I respect the hell out of your son. He said, I appreciate that. And he just kept on going. <laughs> he looked like he is his identical twin. You've been he's saying, tw- I got a 25 years older. I mean, minimum six, eight and a half, six. Nine. Oh, he's huge. Oh, he's that big. He looks, I'm telling you, guy, he looks just like him. He runs my trail. He runs, I walk it. He's got me by 20 plus years. That's good scouting. Yeah, it's good scouting by you. I knew it. <laughs> Next up, Drake. Jackson's dad will be running think down about that guy. Just the starting center for one of the most successful franchises in league history. This guy's going to be a champion four times over just cruising around. Yeah. I guess Looney might not have been on the first team now. No, he wasn't, him. but, but he, but it, it does like feel he, like they're going to be like been here a decade, right? <laughs> well, so I, there was uh did you say this to me? Was this in a text thread that we were on the other day? Somebody said Looney's only 26. Was that, was yeah, that a thread? Yeah, we were De- on? Devin, yeah. Devin, oh, it was Devin Devin from Tito's. And uh, well, he was a one and done at UCLA, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a one and done. And part of it was like, well, he can't risk the hips, <laughs> right? Well, they, yeah, might get a surgery. I don't remember exactly if they wanted him or they didn't want him. I don't remember what the story was, but I remember I heard Slater say that before the hip started going, like Looney at like 16, 17 was like kind of KD ish, like he had moves really? and was like fluid. I mean, because he was a massive recruit, you know, yeah, wasn't obviously, he, isn't he from right? like Minnesota or? Minneapolis or Chicago. He's not from, oh, he's from Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. Looney's dad's never looked back. Got him the hell out of Milwaukee. Smile <laughs> on his face, going for a jog. You know, he's living good. He's Because he's always, part of it too, is like, he looks like Looney. He's wearing like the, the Warriors workout gear, you know? I mean, he, he's literally wearing the Looney's clothes, which, how do you blame him? No, I, I mean, first of all, it's just there's there's a three X there, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's can you imagine how many? It's like, what's Kavan going to do with eight million shirts? Did you give your family your a bunch of Eagles stuff when you're working for the Eagles? You didn't get that much? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just I didn't have like, like my that dad one. has every bowl game I ever went to where they just like 
everyone gets an XL, the half zip, Nike half zip, you know? So he's got, I go home and he's just, it's New Mexico bowl half zips. Every time I see him, my brother rocked the New Mexico backpack. Remember they gave out a sweet yep. Oakley backpack. That was mm-hmm. for like a decade. I gave yeah. him that. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm I had that one. I, I had a whack. Agio, Ogio, those roller bags. It's Not bad. I still have one of those too. You you roll through the airport in that bad boy, and people. I, that I remember know, we got. A, no. I, I remember we got bowl gifts, and Coach Hill like looked at the team. He's like, "You guys now will have travel gear." You know, like like some of these people didn't have luggage. He was so proud yeah. to give them a piece of luggage. Like now, you guys have no excuse. You all have a piece of luggage. It's like, <laughs> like, what are we talking about? It was a tiny little Nike roller that could fit like two pair of shoes and like seven shirts. Uh, it does feel like they're going to win the championship. I mean, guy, they're five wins away. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're five wins away. I was thinking this tonight, watching Wiggins and you texted me, you're like, plus 22, Andrew Wiggins plus 22 tonight. So I was thinking about this. Don't what you think about this. I, because he had one of the nastiest dunks, you know, there's a long list of the nastiest dunks. I saw the other day, somebody posted Scotty Pippen, Duncan, uh, I think was, it might've been on Malone and like, does a point stands over him. Does a point in his face. I thought Scotty had one over like uh, Alonzo Mourning or McTumbo or a, a center. Oh, was it one of those? Okay. I, I didn't. The one that I always go to is Sean Kemp dunking actually on a warrior, Alton Lister. And he does like a point at him after he dunks on him. It's a vicious. I just happened to watch it a month ago several times. It's a vicious dunk. And it's, uh, I mean, it's a vicious dunk. I think it might have been a playoff game. Is it, is it Shaq, the one where he shoves? Is it Dudley down? Chris Dudley. Chris Dudley. Yeah. Remember the white guy for the Knicks? And he dunks yep. on him. He shoves him. I didn't realize. So, like, I, I saw the Wiggins dunk, and I didn't I, – I, I had that portion of the game muted. I didn't realize, like, why Steve Kerr had to challenge the play because they called a charge on it, which is outrageous. But it worked out for the Warriors because then it meant that the thing got replayed in the on the video board. But I was thinking about Wiggins in the not in the in the championship Warriors era. In if you said non Steph, Clay, Draymond type storylines, because those guys, if you you know when when the whole thing is done, then the dynasty's over. They'll they, those three guys are the three best stories that you know were a part yeah. of that era. I'd say the best story, probably I think, and maybe you can think it's, it's just as as I've been thinking about the last twenty minutes. To me, probably the best other story is Andre Iguodala had like the Wiggins career on steroids, right? He was a much better player than Wiggins was before he became a warrior. And then he had this whole other career with the warriors that took the previous part, just his entire career to another level, even though he was a different type of player. Andre Godala never came off the bench a single time in his career before he came to the warriors from day one lottery pick out of Arizona. The man started every game. And in fact, his first year with the warriors, he started every game. Yeah. And then Steve Kerr arrives and he just starts coming off the bench. And like, to me that him then going the death lineup develops. So he's not a starter, but he's a closer. And then he wins the finals MVP in the first championship, defending the greatest player on earth, LeBron. I think that's the best non Draymond clay Steph storyline of this whole thing. Now, some people, I mean, obviously Durant becoming a warrior, yeah, but they just they inherited an all-time great player. Like that was gonna well, like the I think the Hamptons meeting became like that piece of the whole thing became pretty incredible. And then the breakup became incredible. That whole thing's also incredible. They won 73 games for crying out loud. Like that's incredible. But in terms of individuals, and I, I kind of feel I don't know what Wiggins ultimately will do if he'll decide to go somewhere else or if he'll stay a warrior for the rest of his career, if that's even a possibility. But what's happening with him? He's got he's got the Kings giving him two hundred fifty million dollars right now. I well I know, and and I won't blame him. I, you can't blame a guy, right? Especially <laughs> no. if he has a ring. You can't. Yeah, blame he's got he's Chris got the Bryant. King, he's got the Kings for, or the Magic giving them yeah, twenty. And I get it. I get it. You can't blame Chris Bryant for signing with the Rockies, even though it just sounds miserable. I think the Rockies are actually pretty good this year. Have you seen? That well, record? I know, but I but it's it's gonna be seventeen degrees at first pitch sometimes. But um. I think Wiggins has a chance to be if they if they win a championship with this team, one of you know the handful of fantastic kind of individual stories over the course of this whole Warriors era. Guy, he has been. I, I know they're acting like just this series. 
he has been awesome, really, the, the majority of the year. How hard was he playing defense tonight? You see him picking up Luca like three-quarters court and running around? I saw they asked him the other night about, like, if he runs out of gas or anything, how he's doing. He's like, I, I don't even know. I'm just so locked in. You know, he, he's and he's like a understated, you know, guy. He's not like he's yeah. trying to make it about him. He's just like, I don't know. I'm just locked in. And he, he doesn't look like he's getting tired. I mean, there is something to be said about and I think you saw it in the golf today, like when an elite talent gets really confident, there is no ceiling. Like Wiggins, the talent the guy possesses is pretty immense, right? He's six seven, he's long, he's bouncy, he can the way he moves in the lane, just spin he, like the way he finishes with spins, not even the the dunks are ridiculous. But, <laughs> but he looks just movement wise, if you didn't yeah. know the story, you'd go, Yeah, that's a top pick, that's a high level elite. Honestly, when you watch him play like this, and when Poole hit the shot at the end of the game, you're like, well, if they're going to have a third splash, bro, and Wiggins fucking jumping around like he's Michael Jordan meets Tracy McGrady, like, well, they're not going to lose. Like, they're not. If Steph Clay and Draymond are just going to be Steph Clay and Draymond, even if it's this version of kind of Clay now that's not. But if, if Poole's going to be a reliable scorer and that's Wiggins, this thing's a wrap, guy. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the Mavs. You know, they, they just don't have enough. Brunson, does he have a little no. Damon Stoudemire thing going? He's What's good. His, I like him. I, I mean, he's the, really I like a little guy with post moves. Reminds me of when I was 10. I always dreamed of being a post guy. Everybody, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the turnaround on air. But he's like, he can hit it over people, and he's so small. It's I know. I like His game's pretty fun. To, it, it, it I like reminisce about my childhood. Reminds you of your game. That. It, that's that's what that's the scouting report. <laughs> but that, don't you I'm feel like Brunson? that's? A, it, doesn't he look like an old school player? Like he, he does. doesn't look like a guy in 2022. More like a guy like when we were kids in like '95. There were a yeah, lot of guys in the league like that. It feels he feels like a hard nosed guy that could have played in the '90s. He feels that guy's sweet. Yeah, yeah. But Luke, I agree. Luke is, I mean, Luke is pretty incredible too. But and and by the way, Clay's not some defensive liability. Like Clay had the one defensive sequence. Clay on Luca at the where Luca ends up airballing a shot at the end of the shot clock from the free throw line was a really impressive defensive effort from Clay, right? Well, don't you, don't you think too? Like, let's say Clay his peak. Let's say right now he's seventy percent of his peak, right, or whatever. Just a, a number that's clearly not where he was when he was a hundred out of a hundred. You watch these other teams; they would die to have this version of a guy that at any moment can drop 18, 22 points, be a big body, you know, play easily thirty five to forty minutes. And they're able to circumvent him not being an elite all-star guy right now because they got Wiggins and Poole that like fill in that gap and actually exceed it. Yeah. They're not as good as the team with Durant, but this team, if, if Wiggins is going to play like this, like they're winning it. Because Looney, I mean, it, thing, they got two guys, Looney and Draymond, who don't need to do anything beside like rebound, dunk, play D, try. I mean, they, I, they I got think two guys that play a lot that don't need shit. I know. I think the thing with Looney, though, you t- I mean, you he is such a great pass catcher. I think it's like his most underrated. And maybe it's not underrated. I don't know. But it's when big guys catch passes consistently in short areas, it stands out because it's not a common skill. It's he has some he has some really uncommon skills for a guy that he's just he, he's weird to watch because the way he moves, you don't think he would be as smooth at everything else, but he's smooth at everything else beast right he's such a good short area pat uh pass catcher which is so critical because these guys move the ball so well wiggins moves so well without i mean it's just Wiggins shot Wiggins shooting 39 he's having a career year from three shooting 39 percent. but imagine if he just never just ended up on this team you know what would be said about his career he, he's 26 he's in his prime but he's been in the league almost a decade but a lot of guys in the NBA, right? Because you just are going to go to the the same teams picking the top five. It feels like every yeah. year. Yeah. And, you know, only a small percentage of them truly can overcome it. It's why I do think a lot of guys, like, even in, like, the 12 to 15 range, they get drafted by teams that are a little bit better than super shitty teams, like a Paul George. You know, guys like that that just get to go to, like, a don't get to go to the sh- shittiest teams. Tr- their careers actually turn out okay. Right, because they just get to be a part of like higher level basketball. Like, can you imagine just getting drafted by the Magic year in year out? Like, we're just always gonna suck. Like, we are never gonna be good. The T Wolves were kind of a joke. I mean, they and listen, you could say he didn't know what was going on, but environment matters. You know, most people are not Steph Curry. They can just like 
go to the Warriors. They were a fucking clown show and then turn them into a behemoth, right? Most people are not LeBron that can do that with Cleveland. Most people, I would say Wiggins is actually the norm. Like, Because a lot of guys in the NBA that are drafted high, even if they don't ever live up to it, you go, God, the guy had some talent, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Now, I his, mean, Wiggins, I, I'd say he's, I mean, he he has got to be, I mean, he really, really benefited from being around, I'd say, the greatest trio of teammates the league's ever yeah. seen. I mean, they're, they're the no. great teammates you could ever have. Yeah. And he's the, I mean, he's with in league history. They're like nice to you. They include you. They root for you. They don't know. It's just they pass you the ball. Like their coach makes them pass you the ball. There's no, you're not getting frozen out. You know, no. The only problem is you got to pass it too. You got to pass it back. It's the only team that's a great team in league history that fans constantly complaining about too many passes. Why are we moving the ball so much? Just go ISO. I know. know. The the argument. Yeah, well, you, you know, the more you, I've had people tell me, like, well, you know, every time you pass the ball, this the the percentage chance of a turnover goes up by X. But they're really actually, I Stan Van Gundy said something during the game that you know the problem with the Warriors isn't necessarily the turnovers; it's when they're not making shots. Because when they make shots, they they make up for the fact that they turn the ball over. But when they're not making shots and they're turning it over, I I don't. They're going to be NBA champions, guy. It never NBA champions. It just doesn't matter to me when they're down 16 points like they were the other night or 19, I guess, or when they're down nine in the first half. I don't know if there's ever a more irrelevant deficit than when this team. I was out of dinner. I I thought they were in a little trouble on game two tonight. I thought that that was a pretty impressive win. But again, they've been doing that a lot this playoffs of just they can look really weird. They just have this thing right now, and this is, goes back to the Patriots of their run. These guys just know how to win. It can look really ugly, and they can win. They can blow you out, like. but they just they know how to just – when the game ends, they can just have more points than you. And I know that sounds like, oh, of course. Well, I just mean a lot of teams – look at the Suns struggled with that by year two. They, they couldn't get it. The Mavs don't have enough, but you see the Celtics and Heat, you know, they're, they're both kind of trying to figure it out. Like the Warriors yeah. – I, 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 unless they have a major injury to one of their like top six guys it, to me, anything less than a championship now to me would be pretty disappointing. I, I would well, be, it's hard to pick like Matt, you got to picture them losing to Miami or losing to Boston. And it's hard because I think they're, they're just, I think they're a better team than both of those teams. I think Boston who's down to one to me feels like a better team than Miami. But even if, but even if they win that series, lose. that means it's got to go six minimum. Yeah. So it might go yeah. seven. So if they, it's hard to sweep I, when you say I'd be impressed the if they do. You think the Warriors sweep or just the Mavs? You just go down. Uh, you know, you, like you said, it's hard to sweep. Gentlemen sweep five, but yeah, I think they can, absolutely. I think they can sweep. I think so too. You know, I did. Uh, or the Mavs did, did that. I I can't believe I was so happy when the story finally developed that they start. You know, have been finding the finding the Mavs. You you shouldn't be allowed to be anywhere near the court if you wear if you're wearing jeans. I feel like David Stern. I, I, are you I, serious? Like, is it really that big a deal? That they're, that well, yeah, I just, going I nuts? just, no, no, not that they're going nuts. I just think it's crazy that a guy who's not, who's should be on the end of your bench stands in front of your coach. Like he should be on the end of the bench. That's the end of the bench where you're hurt. You stand at the end of the bench. You should I, not I be allowed to stand. I, in front. No, I, I just, I think it's, ins- I, I actually do think it's kind of nuts that the guy who's in jeans, not playing stands closer to the floor than your coach. Like you should be at the end of the bench. Are they fighting him twenty five thousand a game? Is that was that what it was? I thought they hit a hundred the other day. Yeah, I thought it was pretty big. Because he's wearing the white shirt. Steph throws him the ball. Yeah, it's ongoing. Somebody wrote a piece. I didn't read it. Why the Mavs keep paying the fines? Basically, like why they don't change their behavior. Well, I listened to Tim McMahon. I think one of the things their team hangs their hat on right now is like they have elite chemistry. Like all their guys like each other, and and Jason Kidd likes the guy who's doing that. But but again, like you're making fun of. They're in the Western Conference Finals. They had a lot of people didn't think they were making out the first round. Like they, I'm not saying they should move their guy. I'm saying the guys who aren't in uniform should have to remain at the end of the bench. Not you can't for a minute run, but spend the whole game, the whole game just standing up there is crazy. I th- isn't the guy t- that's not Tim Hardaway? That's another no. It's guy. not Tim Hardaway. Yeah, I think Jason Kidd called that guy <laughs> who you're complaining about like yeah, one I'm of the secrets to the team. Yeah, I will. Like I said, there's an article about they keep paying the fines because they love the guy. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, Mark. What's he supposed to do? Honestly, Stop. Mark is right there in G. Mark's there. But you see, when Mark's we, guy, the- when we were young in high school, Mark, I know that was Mark Cuban. 
I know. I, I think that's kind, of the, that's kind of the Mavs ethos is being a totally. But can you just imagine Lacob just on the bench or whoever? Well, he would if he, sat, if he sat over there, he sits, his wife's on Molly next to him and they're doing weird <laughs> stuff. You see that video? <laughs> what was she doing? <laughs> was she playing for the cameras? You think? I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know. I mean, maybe I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an overwhelming experience. You are, I'm not specifically to her, but I bet if you go to all these games and you can being on the floor and it's I, your I husband's know. team, I, I don't even it's, know. If it's your married. team. I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. She says our, you know, I would, we I own mean, the worst <laughs> tonight. Chuck was like, you know, if I'm the Mavs, we, and Kenny's like, we, I give it him shit. Like, this is your team, Chuck. You're the Mavs guy. He came in on a horse today. You see that? Uh, I did not see that. No, they brought so like where their where their uh, where their setup was. You know they had fans everywhere, but they did like a, basically a huge line where they split it where a horse could walk, and all of a sudden comes around the corner. All the guys are sitting there waiting. Chuck comes on a horse, you know, with two people holding the horse, and walks them all the way to the end. And then they're like, "Here's the moment of truth." Is when he has to get off the horse and take the one leg from the far side over, and he could barely get it over. It's pretty funny. I gotta go back and watch that. They got they got a pretty special thing going. Problem with Charles is, you know, he he to me is playing with it more than like super serious, like Skip with LeBron. Yeah. But when yeah, you yeah. pick, he ultimately picks again. Like he wants the Warriors to lose. He looks smart, just like Skip picks against LeBron. Like. That's it's one thing to like. I bet against James Harden and Chris Paul. You guys are betting against teams that are they're going to win more often than not. Like you're, you're going to get you're going to look like an idiot. He he just he shorted the wrong horse here, guy. I mean, he I'm, just I'm did. watching him get on here. This is no. I mean, it's it's a pretty bad short too. I don't. I guess you know what happened in Game Seven. I the demolition of the Suns and people thought so highly of the Suns, like thought that the Suns were going to give the Warriors such a hard time, and then the Mavs beat them. I just don't. I could understand picking the Mavs, I guess. I I guess. But my problem is we just put the two rosters side by side. You look at how much this one roster is one. And it's not like the Warriors are a bunch of old guys. I know Iguodala's hurt, and they are older. But I just don't know how you could take that I feel, team. I feel like that. Andre Iguodala is Steve, Steve Kerr's, like, spirit animal. Like, that's just – he just loves that guy. They just love each other. They're like – Arizona guys. Yeah, they just, they just a vibe together. I don't know something about those two. Because a couple times you complained, I saw Iguodala right out there, right next to Steve. I, I didn't <laughs> say you can never run out there. I'm saying to st- spend the whole game standing there. I paid. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize he spends the majority that clearly he does. Is that also, the guy Mr. that did Mark Davis tell him to take off his shirt? Did you see that? Oh, was that what that was? I think that makes sense now because he's wearing the same colors. Like, bro, you does he always just shirt. wear the Warriors jersey color? Has he been doing this all season long, wearing the color of the shirt? <laughs> Maybe they're doing that on purpose. Can he shoot, or they just hire him for that? They just yeah. I mean, who knows if he can even play basketball? Maybe he's just friends with Luca. You know, and they're like, bring this guy around. He's a good. He's a good uh, high character. People like him. Oh man, uh, good sports some, day today. I mean, th- there's something to be said though about teams that just like each other. No, I and there absolutely like, is like, but I'm saying the worst too. Like they clearly yeah. kind of just like playing with each other. Yeah, I, I you would probably say that about. There's something to be said about TNT show guys who just get along, like people who just authentically get along, right? It's just in well, life, I, there's just something to be said about not hating. You know, so many people are used to hating the people they work with. I, I would say the majority of people hate the people they work with. I mean, it's a, it's a theme. Every single person you know complains about someone they work with, and sometimes it's worse than others. But I, I think the best part about the TNT show that. You la- you can't not laugh every time you watch it, and that's not normal. Like legitimately, die outside. Like you just laugh. They make you laugh because it's like legitimately funny. Everyone's like, "Oh my, Charles, stop breaking down basketball." That's not the point of this whole deal, you idiots. I actually went to a YouTube to watch Charles, like in in the mid '80s for the Sixers, and I I, I don't I think he's almost i don't think even people under can even comprehend younger people how fucking good that guy was at basketball yeah, yeah. i mean because I, I think he's become such a character and such a big man and, and also the older version of like he's himself. a player yeah 
he was incredible at, at offensive basketball. Like he was a dominant. I'm talking like what was he doing? Mid- like turnaround mid range. What was he doing? Yeah, but just like his two, fast break, dunks. his fast break two handed dunk. Two hand, right? He was fast break two handers in like '87, just down the lane with dudes that look like defensive ends waiting to knock you, and he just dunking over them. He was a monster, and he's short. He's shorter than Draymond. He's not big. Two hand dunks with a ferocity. Like Draymond too, he just sprint, and he and wasn't fa- he wasn't fat. No, right? he was especially he in those days thick. He was a badass. It's like it's like if you only watched Shaq's, you know, later highlights, and you, if you didn't watch any of Shaq's young Shaq highlights, you wouldn't quite understand Shaq. Exactly. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast. Or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared. With meat in the freezer, when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani less season long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on prize picks, you can go, Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the prize picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, Maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Shaq is a just massive human being. It Did you see the video of Shaq picking up Reggie? That went viral the other day, like in the in the gym. No, I, see, to, God, I missed a lot of videos. He wanted to like uh again, someone just retweeted in my timeline, but you just really oh, here we go. I mean, Got it. Shaq still, I mean. Because you're like, oh, Shaq's kind of fat now. Nah, I don't think he looks that fat. <laughs> you know, oh, his look, arms, look at his oh legs. God, his arms look incredible. <laughs> I know. He is he cut. I think he's one of the all-time physical specimens that's ever walked the planet in the history of mankind, like the world. Without question. I'm talking the world. You Without know, question. The 1900s, yeah. the 1600s. I'm talking the fucking world. I'd take Jurassic Shaq. Park. Yeah. Non-animal, like non-like dinosaur or shark, or I know they're not animals, but you know what I mean, like humans. No, they're yeah, they're animals. He's got to be. I'm talking humans with two legs, though. You gotcha. Know? 
The, the, I would, I, you could argue no, Jack's I, I the greatest <laughs> specimen to ever walk planet Earth. John Cena? How tall is yeah, he? Like, to me, John Cena is wouldn't you hold a candle to Shaq. Like, wh- wh- like, I have no idea what his athleticism. Oh, well, I guess he's he's not bad, but he's yeah, but yeah, I yeah. bet John Cena is like six seven. You know, Shaq is so much bigger. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw in my timeline. Speaking of videos, someone posted a video of Will Zalatoris's putting stroke. Have you seen this? Um, well, it's like a figure eight, <laughs> and then he hits it with the toe. It's it's so ugly. Maybe he knows what he's doing. I hit drives more flush than that putt. What what would you Maybe guess not. his waist size is? I mean, I, I pro- without thinking, twenty eight is probably what I would say. Twenty eight is yeah. pretty. I mean, well, I mean, I, both those two guys. I mean, the playoffs. I'd guess Zalator is about one fifty five. JT is about one sixty two. I mean, both those guys are tiny. Zalator might be a little taller than JT. They both hit it like three hundred forty yards. Why couldn't there's? I mean, could you fit in either one of their shirts? Uh, no chance. How tall Especially, is JT? Six one? No, JT's five ten. No, he's not. Like Speeth towers over him. Speeth, Speeth, uh, Speeth is actually. Yeah, well, I, well, Rory and I think Rory and JT are like same height, like five nine, five ten. Yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. tall. W- Willie Z is probably five eleven. Speeth longer. has long arms. I was noticing watching him the other day. Speeth's bigger than you think. Yeah. yeah, but I said that once, and then we looked it up, and I thought he was listed shorter than we than we expected. I bet Jordan, if I had to I guess. I thought he was going to be a sneaky 6'3", and he turned out to be 6'1". Jordan? Yeah. So the golfers, I'm going like he's an NFL player looking for his measurements. Yeah, like, yeah. Why? All I got is wiki. Where's his, where's his combine? <laughs> yeah, he's like, why does any – no one ever says their height as a golfer. Right? It doesn't even matter. But I, I, I think – I'd say the best part about a golf tournament is there's nothing like it. I, even in sports, I was thinking about this today. I guess a reliever can give up a crazy home run. In football, I guess a fumble can happen, and you take it the other way in a quick thing. But there's nothing like, okay, this guy's got a one-shot lead. He's not he's probably supposed to be here. He's probably freaking the fuck out. This could get weird, and then something disastrous happens. And then everyone's like, Vandervelt, Vandervelt, and then pictures start going viral of Vandervelt with his oh, shoes that's off. That's- and you just... Every human can relate because that shot is really like 99% of golfers is going to hit it way off in a normal shot, let alone like if there was a little pressure. This guy's one shot leading the major, hole 18, has the weirdest looking swing you've ever seen, and the ball ends up in the drink. And you're just thinking like, oh, my God. There's just I just don't know if there's much in sports. Just that, because it's like a slow burn, you know? And then he's kind of walking up. And you're like, well, he's not totally done yet. He's got to drop. And then he pumps it over. And you're like, oh, my God. this is." And then and then he's like walking off his chip. And Faldo's like, you know, he probably should have gone behind the hole to look. Maybe take a different angle. And then he fucks up the chip. And Jim's like, oh, this is too far. I think you're right. He, I think Double is... bogey's 18. It's like a slow burn on the whole hole. I, I think you're right. I think there is nothing like it. Because this individual sport takes some individual time, sport. You know? Well, individual sport in and of itself already is just worse than any team's team sport. You can hang a curveball, somebody makes a sweet catch. Like you can get bailed out by your teammates. Yeah, and there's no there's coaches do the analysis. Do the well, I, I could throw a pick, and then my wide receiver chases guys down and causes a fumble and gets the ball back. Or you know, it's just like once you hit it in the drink, there's no one there to help you. You're just by yourself. It's not Matt Ryan's fault they fumbled. I mean, Josh, you know, like Kyle called the play. The dude missed the block. I mean, there's just a lot of factors. Yeah. But uh wasn't Tom Brady's fault they blew the, the Rams that coverage the Cooper Cup. You just get to sh- I mean, I, I guess sometimes there are things that happen in a team sport that are so clearly one person's fault, Mookie. But I think I bet if we even dove into the the uh uh not Mookie Betts, uh uh Bill Buckner. The oh, Bill yeah. Buckner play. Like, as I recall, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but if you go back and read, like, they, the game was tied. They still had the lead later. Like, a bunch of things happened that I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah. there was a lot of I've heard, pe- I've heard people defend it over the years. Yeah, like, there's it. there are some other things that happened. But go- golf, you have to think and play. As opposed to most sports, they just all do the th- – I'm coach. I'm going to do the thinking for the most part. I guess if you're hitting, what's he going to throw me? But – you got to do the 
let me remind myself to be cool and walk around the green and see. That's just, there's just so, and everyone is standing right there. And there's no, everyone's aware of how much time everything takes. You know what I mean? Like you're aware of you, you're taking a lot of time to make a decision. But I would say this too in golf, like if I'm up one run and I bring in this reliever, like, I don't know if we should bring him in. Then he gives up a two run home run and we lose in golf. Even when you pump it into the drink or pump it into the hazard, it's not totally done because you're like, well, you just got a one shot penalty. He still just needs to make bogey. It's not like over. You still got to play out the hole, you know? And then it, and then it usually just snowballs. Like in the history of the game, it's always the random guy for the most part in that position. He's like leading a major. Didn't expect this guy to be here. And then he's interviewed with Amanda after and Mito, you know, was like, honestly, I just, at the beginning of the week, if you would have told me I was going to be here, and he's got this, you know, he's Spaniard or something, so he's got this accent that if, if you were a chick, you're like, ah, it's a sexy accent, that he's like, I just want, my goal on Monday was to make the cut. And you're thinking, well, yeah, you know, on by Friday, you and your family should be pretty proud. But then fast forward two more days, you're leading on the 72nd hole. Like you have the, you, you've made the cut and you, you've now are leading your thing with the money. He, this tournament paid $2.7 million. He ended up winning $870,000. That is a $2 million 18 hole swing. Hell, even if he just gets to the playoff, he would have doubled his money. Zalatoris got one six. So at minimum, at minimum, he lost eight hundred grand on one hole of golf. Eight hundred thousand dollars on one hole of golf. At minimum, potentially more likely two million. That that's the type of guy where I just root really hard for him to have success quickly. He's a rookie. Again. He's good. It's not like he his career's fine. His, Vanderbilt was more of a kind of a random. Yeah, but still like. How many you say JT's been one of the best players on in the world for seven one years? Two majors. Yeah, I mean, just there's no second. guarantee. There's no guarantee you ever get back. Twenty nine. How, how old is Mito? Probably younger. You know, 23, 24. So he's got a lot more career, but like, that's hard to shake because it's just going to be something that's talked about. Remember when Mito Pereira <laughs> pumped that thing in the creek? Uh, Draymond, I guess, gave his jersey to. Uh... Give his jersey to Debo after the game. Walking off the floor, I'm just watching the video. Handshake, hug, had the jersey off. I guess he, I did, they don't actually show it, give him Debo, but he's taken off and then he hugs Debo. So, Barry on Barry Love, at least for yeah, right now. Yeah, that's smart. Appreciate you, Debo. Appreciate you, Draymond. You think John Lynch told him? Maybe told I'll Bob Myers, like, hey, Bob, tell Draymond to go over there and talk to Debo. Does Bob Myers always sit next to Lego? I think he does a lot it's on the intense. road, on the road, on the right? road. Yeah. Get home. He doesn't have to. Yeah. But part of being a GM is <laughs> part just... of the job, man. <laughs> part of the job. Like, Hey man, can I just, uh, Joe, you know, I'm just going to hang out in the box. <laughs> you and you, you and you wanna, your beautiful wife. I think it helps to just be, you know, let me, you don't want to hear the owners mad about something secondhand. You want to be there firsthand to know what's pissing them off. You know? What do you oh, think yeah, about the give the smart. jersey post game? I mean, can you imagine how sweaty Draymond is? Yeah, I mean, the thing's soaked, right? Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, you. I, I mean, you get that maybe a plastic bag or get somebody. Can you give it to the trainer? Have him wash it, then have him find me, mail it to my hotel, bring it by the four C's, bring it out to uh, just send it over to OTAs. I'll be there this week. <laughs> oh man, you know. All right, you want to get onto the mailbag? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Mailbag time, people. What you do, you go to the mailbag, you leave us a review. In that review, you ask us a question. If you want to tell us your favorite bar, we love that as well. I get several DMs that I intended to put in the mailbag. I'm getting a flood of German DMs, John, in English. We, we like being an international guy. But uh, ever since we talked about the NFL in Germany, they've got a lot of that. Okay, so... <sighs> I mean, we might have to put a word limit on some of these. We appreciate everyone's enthusiasm, though. But yeah, I gotta let me let me catch no, my breath not, here. We're not readers here. Here oh, we go. Jeez. <laughs> this is from. It? Yeah. What's up, guys? Ad tan listener who stumbled upon the pod and is now a big fan. I I, I kind of ad lib as we go. Yeah, go. I ahead. understand most towns are optimistic at this time of year, but I don't even know why the 49ers should even play these games. Let's save the health and time of the players and just give them seventeen and zero. 
SF has the talent all over the field, but the biggest question mark is the most important position in sports. Lance, as to be expected, will have his ups and downs. And seeing his lack of playing time the last few years, I'd expect more downs. I think 10 wins is realistic if Lance is surprisingly really, really good. Maybe 12 wins. Okay, he's optimistic. Samuel, a great player. Samuel had a great year, but with his injury history and appearance uh, and appearance of being one of the three Big Macs away from pretty fat, I wouldn't go that far. That's mean. No, he just there's a difference between chubby. Like Debo's never been fat. He's just chubby. Supporting Debo here. I'd be hesitant to pay him this year. I don't think they're going to have a choice because he won't show up. Let him do one more year. Regardless, keep up the great work, fellas. Naples, Italy. Jesus. Damn, Vince. Um, But if you think about it, if somehow your life, if you grew up in California and you were a huge whatever fan, a Laker fan, a Niner fan, and you're an American, and somehow your life leads you to be in Germany or Italy or Spain or one of those to have a career, you wouldn't stop paying attention to your squad, right? Because obviously over in Europe, sports are a big part of their culture. You just, you. what if you're not as interested? Maybe you casually get in, but you're like, how are my Niners doing? How are my Lakers doing? How are my Dallas Cowboys doing? I, I would absolutely. imagine that happens a lot with Americans in Europe, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Internet, I mean, it's why it's so big with um, our, tr- our troops, right? Wherever our troops I'm- are. AFN, baby, Armed Forces Network. They carry the games. It's a big deal. Remember years ago, I think it was when I was with the Eagles, Andy was going on like he went over there and went on like helicopter rides when he was the head coach of the Eagles. Oh, the uh, like the eight, the um, yeah, uh, him and like five other guys, you know, just went like uh, the NFL sent the head coaches over to go like uh, I think it was like Afghanistan, you know, somewhere in the Middle East, and they just hung out for a couple what is of days. It, the US the USO tours is that what those are called? Yeah, I, it doesn't feel like the I guess there's not as many conflicts going on. We're, we're not even over. Not as many USO tours. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. It does feel like. But I think I, I, my guess is if we dug deep, there's guys that we don't even realize are. Oh, 100 uh, so, Would the Niners take 10 and 7 right now? Like, would yes. you take that? I would take 10 and 7 right now. I think they get you in the playoffs in the NFC. I think it means Trey Lance has had a really good, a, a really good, that it's gone well, that it's been a successful year for Trey Lance. How about you? I would, would take, take 10 that? and 7. Would, would we pay for business purposes as the investment? Five grand, twenty five hundred each for twelve and five right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because that would mean they were really good, right? Yes. I, I would you pay five? Would we grand? pay that for ten and seven? Because uh, you're right. That would mean minimum wild card mix, right? Till the last week. Yeah, I mean, not ideal. I, I I'd pay more for them not to be like, you know, yeah, four six. and thirteen. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. That's not a possibility, but, um. I I, th- I think they got to pay. De- no, I I no. I do think ten wins is realistic. I think that's probably around, you know, like nine, ten. I think eleven would feel great. Nine would not feel great, but could show promise for Trey. Ten is the sweet spot. Problem I think for nine is they have so many good players that it's just hard to waste this kind of little run. Yeah, right? yeah. It's not it's nine like seven, ultimately when they transition to Kaepernick. From Alex, they they could take advantage of their really good players. You know that's the key. Can you take advantage of all your Kittles, your Boses, your Trent Williams, your uh, Taylor Horton Price? I don't think that's his name, but I like that guy a lot. Hi Davis. <laughs> yeah. Next, next up, next up, John. Hey guys, been listening for years now. I'm a Raider fan, but still listen to some of the Niners content and the lives. Oh, the, I thought he meant like our lives, but he means the lives on YouTube. I enjoy the topics and opinions you both have. What is your feedback on the Raiders draft from the league context? We saw DC take a big step forward under Gruden, and I think Ruggs tragically derailed uh, a much bigger TD year from DC. I, I Probably an extra three or four TDs for sure. What's the expectation with Josh now as head coach, and what do you think his strengths are as a play caller? Thanks, Jake Grubb. All right, Jake. Solid question. I honestly think off the top of my head, I don't even know who they drafted. <laughs> I think they could have – I mean, I think Derek is set up probably as well as he's been in his career. Um, I think Josh McDaniels is viewed. You talk to people. Well, the people I've talked to, I mean, he's a people think he's like a top three play caller in the NFL. Like he's a, Now, is he a good head coach? We'll see. It's his next shot. But he's an elite play caller. And, you know, that was the one thing when you watched the Raiders under Gruden, you felt like they, they had a clue what they were doing offensively. Right. Got better as it went. Remember early it on, it was kind of weird. And it was like, he's rusty or whatever. Like, there's no rust with Josh. Yeah. 
I think the step forward, they Derek's done, uh, Derek's had some big games. I mean, they just he's got to have them in the playoffs now. They got to he's got to have some of those performances in the postseason. Uh, to me, Josh is just fantastic week in week out game planning for what needs to happen. Like I, I think learning under Belichick and being like pushed to go big picture, like that game. I I think one of the most impressive games of the year was to win a game on the road against one of the best teams in the league and throw it three times and run it down their throat. Like I, Josh just has pitches in his bag of just working with Brady. Like to me, when I think Josh, I think like easy. When I say easy, like easy yeah. completions, just like basic stuff. Just he's not necessarily always going to hit like three plays and score a touchdown, but they're going to score a lot just by kind of outthinking you. Like to me, Josh is probably Belichick's best assistant coach, right? Just feels like this guy knows his sh- like this guy knows his shit. Yeah, yeah. Now we'll translate to like you said, being a head coach. That that is a big like to me. Ultimately, like say what you want about Billy O'Brien. Like Billy O'Brien could be a head coach, right? Like that guy can fucking lead at the beginning of the. Yeah, room. he needs he needs someone to run his team for him, but yeah, executive. I mean, front office. Problem is that he always hates those guys. Jesus, we got a book coming here. Okay, let's uh. Guy John, you guys have been talking about Trey Lance versus Mac Jones in the draft lately, and I thought you may find this story interesting. Okay, it's a story. So I worked with a guy who played high school football in central Minnesota. He played with and was good buddies with a tight end that went to play with Trey at North Dakota State. So after Trey's season, the tight end invited my coworker to North Dakota for the weekend to hang out, and my coworker ended up talking to Trey for a bit and asked him, about the draft. And my coworker said that Trey Lance told them he knew he was going to go to the Niners and he had known for weeks. And all the Mac Jones talk was just that talk. My coworker may or may not have visited my bookie <laughs> after the weekend. Now, I know you guys have no reason to believe me. That's not true. But this is a story I always think about when you guys talk about Mac versus Trey. I know this tells us a little as to where Kyle was forced into uh into drafting him but i think that is interesting and you fellas may like to hear sorry for the long comment and no question hope you guys have a good one carpenter from minnesota well i mean you're in the right you can't dispute his area and his right no and this would be if he spent all that time to make up a story that wasn't you know if you were to make up a story you'd it'd be like you know you walked in trey had three girls and there were two dudes and a lot going on and belichick was there Uh, the next thing, you know, Shanahan says, anybody want any Coke? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's very believable. I believe your story, Carpenter. Now here's my pushback would be, I could see Trey's agent telling him the Niners are going to take you. The Niners are going to take him. I do believe, let me rephrase that. I do think there's a very, very good chance the Niners were truthful and they didn't tell anyone their actual concrete, like 100% we're drafting you more than like, we really like you a lot. And he's like, I think they're going to take you. Right? Yeah. Like I, like he, like when a woman knows the dude's about to propose, but just doesn't yeah. quite know when, but like, she knows, like we've been together six years. He's taking me to, uh, uh, Tulum this weekend. You know? I think it's a lot. I think I think a draft when you really like each other is a lot like a guy and girl relationship. It's like, and usually the woman knows more than the guy knows. We're just kind of going about our lives, but they're always like, "I had a feeling, like I, I knew he love at first sight." And I, I just think that happens sometimes. Famous story forever, like with Veach and Mahomes. Like I just loved him the moment I saw him throwing. You know, there's just there's a love with a draft prospect. This one, I you've always been uh, on the other side a little bit, and I tend to kind of be closer to you like there there was a lot going on in these relationships with these three people right kyle mac trey yeah it was a yeah. fluid love of learning to love who to love and commit yes. to. yes you know? it wasn't that a garth song learning to love again um see not a hit uh okay song. Hey, yeah solid song uh i older too i um i the heart of my thing has not been that kyle was forced into trey it's been that Justin Fields was never part of the equation for them. And it was legitimately between Mac and Trey. Um, And some of the stories you hear on the record, some of the stuff we hear off the record, some of the stories we've heard, I've heard talking to people after that draft, there was good reason for Trey to believe the Niners really liked him. Even if he didn't know explicitly 
you know, wasn't told like we are drafting you. Well, and, and once Kyle gave the, I think the press conference on mo- Monday of draft week. Now this would have been before they hung out at the party in Minnesota. When Kyle started talking about like Lamar Jackson meets Drew Brees, it was clear he didn't just want a guy that couldn't move. Yeah. Not yeah. that actually Max not a terrible athlete, but then he tried to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron did call them kind of, we think. Look forward to your content and ramblings. Just another female fan. Have been a Niner fan for 50 years. So demo, if she's maybe she became a fan at five at minimum. Discovered you all last year. Well done, fellas. What's her name? Uh CC. CC you on? I don't know. 49 nurse was her review. So uh yeah. We we said we said we didn't, we aren't only dudes listening, and then we've had uh our female fans, uh listeners. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, fans, but listeners uh, coming out of the woodwork. So we appreciate you guys. Maybe we should do like a football camp. Fantastic. <laughs> well done, John. Uh, next up. I really enjoyed the pod, but when guy said you start living, <clears throat> you know, but when guy said that you start liking vanilla ice cream when you were getting older, haha, I lost it. Ha ha. Question. <laughs> Do you guys think Mr. Irrelevant can win the backup job? Forget I sometimes I forget that the 49ers drafted Mr. Irrelevant this year, Brock Purdy from Iowa State, who probably one of the more accomplished players in their program's history. Yeah. I mean, two time all Big Twelve. Um, could he win say, the backup job? I'd say anytime Kyle compares you to Nick Mullins, you have a very good chance to win the backup job, right? Yeah, I don't know if he can win the backup job this year. Right? I would agree. With, I would agree with that. But to me, he's on. He's he's the third quarterback, or could become the third quarterback. Right now, they've got four quarterbacks or five, whatever. But there's at least three guys ahead of him on the depth chart right now. Right? <laughs> I forget. You know, this Garoppolo guy, J- James Garoppolo. He's actually, I, I, for some reason, I would have guessed like Brock Purdy's probably 24. He's like a seventh year senior. He's only 22 years old. Yeah, it feels like he was a college a lot. Guy. No, turns 23 in December. I mean, two but times. It's funny, first, like the average career length of three and a half years. So who cares if you're, you know, he was a I mean, I would imagine he's one of not. I mean, he won't go on to have the, the NFL career more than likely of a lot of Big 12 quarterbacks. But his time in the Big 12, two time first team Big 12 and one time second team Big 12. So basically he was the best quarterback in the conference for three straight years, give or take. That's pretty. That's Big 12 is a real conference, right? Oklahoma, yeah. Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State, Baylor, them. It's that's K State's usually pretty solid. Obviously, Texas has been up and down, but you get some weather. That's I, I I didn't quite realize he was accomplished as he was. I mean, I knew his team had a lot of success, but yeah, he's that's pretty impressive, wouldn't you say? To be if I told you a Pac-12 or a Big Ten or a guy was a two-time all first team and then the other year was third team like that's or second team that's pretty damn good yeah and it was his last two years that he was first team i mean he was 67 then 72 percent completion and last year was not good like they didn't you know they were kind of a cfp dark horse team when the season yeah. started but because they had a bunch of guys coming back well the, but. their problem was remember they opened up with iowa and they lost and it kind of yeah. derailed the start of their season oh my god final question john okay Whoa, one star. It's jackass. Love the show. Found Wait the pod on V Sporto during the Del Rio days. That's that's a throwback there. That's a deep and, cut. And been listening ever since. When they do talk Raiders, they have some of the better takes out there. Oh, we know. The reason I gave one star on. is because not too sweet, not too sour. That's what we said about the takes. Like yeah, that. we just we give it to you straight. The reason I gave you one star is because they really would rather talk about Tom Brady's golf game than the silver and black. I will address my rating next week. Is that a <laughs> winky face? Yeah. Question. How big of a free agency destination upgrade is Las Vegas over Oakland? No sales tax. No sales tax. Cost of housing is a fraction of the Bay Area. And a millionaire in their 20s, even if you're not going to the clubs for the entertainment food options, can't be beat. In the front office ever going to get their ass together, could you see the Las Vegas being a top free agency destination? Quick shout out to Jake's of Saratoga, Great Spot, Elite Pizza, Tom on Long Island, formerly of the South Bay. 
by the way, he's treating us like the Niners are treating Debo. Like, here's a one star. Show me a little something, and I'm willing to up my rating. <laughs> yeah, taking money out of our pocket with that one star rating, Tom. But when I was reading that, I was thinking, I don't necessarily like this isn't basketball or baseball. I don't think there are any there is quite such a thing as destinations. I think when you talk about destinations in the NFL, it's more if you're on your like third contract, like a Chandler Jones type. You know, JJ Watt a couple years ago when he went to Scottsdale instead of um instead of Green, Green Bay. Bay. I you know, I, I think when you're gonna take the big contract like when you're Christian Kirk or the majority of free agents are not Trent Williams, right? That hit their free agency after a fourth, fifth, or sixth year. You know, even if they get their fifth year option, but the team wants to go the other way, they really go to who just gives them the most money. It's just really that simple, isn't it? Like it's not. That's just consistently kind of how. Like if the Vikings yeah. are offering which, you way more than the Raiders, you just go to the Vikings, right? Which where that's where from a free agency free agency standpoint, just your net income would come into play potentially. Right. If both Vegas and Oakland were offering you five million dollars, maybe then you would choose Vegas. But, you know, by and large, I mean, the Niners will sign free agents. The Rams will sign free agents. The Chargers will sign free agents. The Jets will sign free agents. They did Um, a bunch. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and and they'll continue to. Yeah. I I think it's more. I I, I do think it's very dependent on the, the contract and how big it is. And why are you hitting free agency? But I think the bigger thing is, I don't know, something in my throat, is that when guys are like Debo Samuel or whoever, you know, young players that sign enormous extensions, kind of like Joey Bosa did a couple years ago, you know, kind of Matt Stafford just did. If your team, if you like being where you are and enjoy it and your team's good, guys always extend, feels like, right? It's never, there's never like an Aaron Donald, like, I just want to hit free agency and see how right, much right, right. really possible. No, it's like, yeah, I'll just take my $98 million guarantee. I right just now. want to get courted. Yeah, I, I don't think it's. Because you, you get paid before the contract. You don't want to, yeah. And it's just, isn't it, I would imagine football more than the other sports. It's just so exhausting, just in terms of you're getting yelled at, the physicality. It's like, hey, man, they're offering you an enormous contract. Like, yeah, man, I'm good. I Let's just think. I don't know if that, that might just be Sorry. bullshit, but well, what I was, I, what you just made me think is I think you're, you're so aware when you play that sport about how short your career is. That's a huge element too. You know, and, and that your contract isn't really your contract. Right. Like, like, like clearly the taxes, what for they Joe, say it is at the beginning of a five-year deal. Isn't really what it is. But like, for example, Joey Bosa who signed that huge contract, whatever year or two, a couple years ago. You'd be like, well, he's from Florida. If he ever hit the free agent market, if like the top guy's getting 100, if a guy like Joey Bosa truly hit free agency, what would he get? You know, someone would give him a 140 guaranteed. It'd be stupid. It'd be bulky. I mean, they would have given him a, an unlimited amount of money. Guys just never do it. I mean, ever. Now, like you said, maybe Joey's already been hurt a couple times. He's like, bro, they're offering you 100 guaranteed and a $40 million signing bonus that comes in next week. I saw the. Menory's Nelk Boys podcast had Joe Burrow on, and I follow him on Instagram. He just posts some clips, and they was asking like, "What was your contract like?" And he, you know, he's like, "Well, my rookie year, the number one overall pick got thirty six guaranteed." He's like, "But the signing bonus was twenty four And Joe was like, "It was pretty cool." And that bad boy, when you open your bank account in the morning, that's. But it's no different than like when Debo signs a contract, right? And he gets a twenty eight million dollar signing bonus, like. That does get direct deposited in your account. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's So it's like, hey, if we sign it right now, they're willing to give you a $47 million signing bonus. And what was the Cole Hamels contract? No. Remember the Cole Hamels contract? I thought it was like $135 million, which yeah. I, I mean, uh, 12 years ago was a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money now. But I he, mean, remember, people uh, thought he could get like 200, but he's like, yeah, when yeah. someone puts 100. I just remember you and I having right? the conversation. I remember you and I having the conversation about it and you saying years ago, pre, it's probably pre Middlecoff media. You just saying it's easy to say no until someone puts $135 million in front of you. Right. It's like, and well, I, I could imagine. have 100 in eight seconds. We could have $135 million. Do you right? think wherever Cole Hamels is sitting right now with his beautiful hair and probably gorgeous wife? Did he regrets signing that contract? Because I bet he should have gone, gone, gone for the two thirty five. And I don't think he even thinks about it. But uh, you're also like no different in baseball, right? One throw away from look at. I mean, it, Jacob Degrom is he? We ever going to see him again? 
I mean, it's the curse of being a Mets pitcher. It's crazy. Uh, you know, I think the other, I wonder if part of it too is football is not built around off day activities in terms of your lifestyle as a football player. Whereas if you play baseball every day is a work day, but it also can be an off day. Like every, you go to the zoo on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. Like if you're at home and you're not playing a day game, you can spend half the day. You can go to whatever, go see some sites. Your parents are in town every day is not a work day, right? Basketball. Definitely. Every day is not a work day. Football's a work that you get a day off, but it's not like roll into the facility at one, get stretched out. And then, uh, I mean, it's a I, work day. W- wouldn't you imagine if you just pulled the majority of guys? My in point the NFL, is so where you are kind of matters less because once the season ends, you can go live wherever you want to live. So, yeah. you know, you're right. Cause to me, even the off days, I bet if you just pulled the majority of players are like, what do you do on your bye week? Well, they're like some nights, or I mean, not bye week, but by day, like that Tuesday that you get off. Quarterbacks work, high level players work, but the guys that just don't do shit. I bet they go, we go out, I go to dinner or something, get some drinks, and sometimes the night gets out of hand. And we have we party or whatever. On then I do nothing. I do not leave my couch. I'm fucking tired. I'm beat up. I lay there. Don't you, wouldn't you imagine that's a lot of it? Not that like. You know, we went to the beach and then yeah. we went to do this. My girlfriend like, wanted to hike. watch. My girlfriend wanted to watch Top Chef. Yeah, so it's, we watched three episodes of Top Chef. You, I've never really thought about it like that, but you don't get that much free time. No. And I always get back to wherever it's you. It's a live. work day. It's a work wherever. day. Baseball's like you know. You the other thing with football is really you are coached. Baseball is like you're trusted to take care of your business, and then you show up and I put you in the lineup, right? Football, you are getting coached. Like you are, you are receiving instruction. Your boss is telling you what to do. Baseball, how often is your boss telling you what to do? It's like, oh, he told you to bunt. Like that's not the same thing. You're how getting tested. Day, yeah. How many days study. a week do you think the average NFL player yelled at in this day and age might be strong, but like pushed pretty hard? You know, through comments like we need better. You know, are told that yeah, once yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. Every, <laughs> no, every day. I think every day. Somebody's getting told that every day. And more than somebody, like I would imagine, on average, ten guys a team are being told, like, "Yeah, this is just not good enough." <laughs> How often is a baseball player told, like, "Yeah, it just wasn't good enough"? But do you think Bryce lot, Harper's it, been told that? In a, it's a in lot a of it's, it's, it's a lot of that. Um, you know, he knows he's got to be better. Uh, he doesn't need me to tell him. You know, I, he's out <laughs> there. He's grinding. It's a lot of that, I think. Yeah. Meanwhile, football players are getting texts from the coach like, I need you to meet me at two o'clock in the office. Not a lot of he doesn't need me to tell him. What did Andy Reid say to Patrick Mahomes when Patrick threw short of the goal line at the end of the first half against the against the uh, Bills? Yeah, I mean, Uh, no, he doesn't need me to tell him. (laughs) Has a football coach ever said that? No, I mean, Brady got yelled at for 20 years. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Have a great week. Anything else, John? That's all I got.